You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Fine, just trying to cram it all into what the heck was that? Did you hear what, that? What I, that. Did I, just, I ran over some stuff in the car, not people, like rough asphalt. <laughs> it would be an loud? infinitely it would be an infinitely cooler story if you ran over people. We would <laughs> we would have an extremely highly rated podcast. People who have It'd never the listened to the show. To It'd be the most listened to pod we've ever done. I can see it like on CNN right now. Y'all aren't going to believe this, but a, a, a podcaster casually ran over a crowd of people for no reason. This was not, this was not motivated by any reason at all, other than he didn't give a shit. <laughs> yep. We'd make the news. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, um, Listen, we're going to be, this is going to be a fast podcast. I'm actually on my way to, uh, have I told you about this? I'm going to Denver. You're driving to Denver? No, but I'm, all right. I know. I I really sort of left everybody. I didn't really give the good story there. Um, I'm taking my two sons, one who's about to be 17, one who's 11. They like to go just to different places. And um, so, uh, my oldest one has Asperger's, as as most people know that listen to the podcast. And so he's it, it's like, it, you know, got some so, social awkwardness and things like that. It's all pretty standard stuff. It's on the autism spectrum. Well, I decided a while back that I was like, look, I'm going to take them somewhere because spring break's kind of screwed up this year because my young daughter in Birmingham that I live with, her spring break is now, but my kids in Ohio, their spring break is next weekend. So it's all kind of screwed up. And I said, look, I'll take Sela to the beach and I'll go get Truett and Walker and take them somewhere funky and because my other daughter has a soccer tournament in Ohio. So I said, all right, I'm going to take them somewhere they hadn't been. But at first, my first thought was Vegas because I thought that'd be cool. And I'm now of the age where when I go to Vegas, I don't have to gamble or have to go to a strip club. I used to have to do those things. You used things. to have to I do those have things. To, I have to. I don't anymore. Um, and so I thought that'd be fun or, you know, I've taken my oldest son to New York, but not my youngest son, but with all the COVID stuff, it's just not the same. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to a different state they've never been to. So I decided on Denver and I had the cool idea to not tell them, you know, like just say, I'm going to surprise y'all. We're going to get to the airport and get on the plane and here we go. And unless y'all, you know, and I'm going to make you plug your ears and close your eyes (laughs) so you don't see it on the big board or anything. Well, um, my son's. One with autism and just my other one just has regular anxiety. They had, they are as anxious and hyper as I am. So my youngest son finally told my ex-wife, like, look, dad's just going to have to tell me where the hell we're going because this is freaking me out. <laughs> so so uh, my ex-wife called me and said, I ran over more people. My ex-wife called and said, look, I, I, I know you're trying to make this a surprise, but would you mind telling them because Walker is scared to death about this and – he also, at the same time, is scared to death he's going to make you mad that he's making you tell it. 
<laughs> so, so I had to call him. I had to like spill the beans. Go look, man. We're just going to Denver. I mean, I'm not. I'm not taking you to the, you know, the gulag. I'm not taking you to Siberia. Hey, you should have <laughs> said you're taking him to the doctor. You know, I got a lot of your little kids to lie and say you're going somewhere, but really you're taking them to the doctor. Or you yeah. lie to your dog when you're, you know, you tell your dog we're going to the park, but you're really going to the vet to get his balls cut off. Yeah, we had uh, Walker. I really, I, you've ruined the surprise, but I was going to take you to Johnson and Johnson. You're going to be the test subject for a new COVID vaccine. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm driving to Denver and I've wasted the whole first segment telling you about this Denver trip that doesn't have shit to do with shit. But um, I, I am making my Why Denver? Like Why Denver? Just well, random. because the, all right, it is kind of random, but um, first of all, because my kids live in Ohio. We've been like everywhere between Alabama and Ohio, right? We've right. been to the beach a gazillion times, Destin and Orange Beach. Um, been to South Carolina for Myrtle Beach. Been to, um, been to. We went to Amelia Island last year. Uh, my oldest son's been to New York. My oldest son went to the Penn State games. So he went to Philadelphia with me in, in eleven. Um, been to Atlanta a million times been to uh you know we, we've been a lot of places and so uh, yeah it could have been seattle or you know i've always wanted to go to portland but right now portland seems more unstable than like the simpsons <laughs> nuclear plant so i didn't i didn't want to go to portland right now um and seattle i've been to seattle uh but you know i mean i just i'm not dying to go to seattle again and denver i've been to denver but it's really cool it's a cool city yeah. And um, yeah. and plus we're gonna get so high. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, I, but anyway. Uh, hey kids, we're going to the candy store. <laughs> Drive these gummies. <laughs> That's horrible. I should never said that. That was better when I was talking about running over people. But um, anyway. Uh, and my kids have all been. My kids have been to Houston. They've been to Dallas. Been to. Austin, Texas, been to New Orleans. You know, we've, we've been places. So I'm like, okay, where can I go that's not completely just screwed up because of COVID and, you know, spend some time outside. And, and so we're going to go to Denver. I thought it's just kind of neat and they'd never guess it. And, you know, they never did. You know, and the other thing is, again, my oldest son with Asperger's five or six years ago, I asked all my kids, tell me where you want to go. Like, tell me some place. And my daughter said, oh, I want to go to Vegas. I want to go to Paris. I want to go to Los Angeles and I want to go to New York. And I was like, okay, uh, oh, Lord. you know, at least you're dreaming big. Um, <laughs> my youngest son at the time, five years ago was like, I want to go wherever Legos are. Just tell me where the Legos are. If it's Walmart, go to Walmart. I don't give a shit. Legos. And then my oldest son, again, who is, you know, he's off the beaten path. His th top three cities to go to were in backwards order, Seattle, Bozeman, Montana, and Detroit. And I said, <laughs> Detroit. What did he see? Said, what did he, he see? Eight did mile? You, did he see eight mile or something on TV? Did you misunderstand the question? <laughs> um. So yeah. I don't. Anyway, I said I'm not going to Detroit. So I, I picked another city that starts with D E. So there we go. Legos are easy to find. Legos are easy to yeah. find. Just walk across any carpet barefoot. <laughs> That's a damn good point. Um, all right, Jimmy, let's take a break. And when we come back, we promise to jump into some sports shit. All right, Jimmy, 
uh, Alabama UCLA coming up. Want to talk about it, but the biggest sports story of the day, of, of the year, I know the year is young, but there's not going to be a sports story. If Monica Sellis comes back and wins the Indy 500 with Gino Oriyama riding shotgun, there's no bigger sports story than what I'm about to tell you. Ed Orgeron said out loud to people that could hear him with tape recorders and human ears that he is never, ever, 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 ever going to choose assistance again without interviewing, which means he has chosen assistance in the past without interviews. That is essentially playing any, many, money mo with your coaching staff as to who makes it on there. Is it not? When you cannot speak or understand the English language, then why would an interview be necessary in the first place? <laughs> it's insane. It's insane that he said. It's insane. Yeah, I'm that guessing that there's a. Uh, I'm guessing there's a, 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 a explanation here, and I think this yeah, is it. Stupid. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about the ones that aren't self-evident. No, the explanation here. I mean, I'm sure there is because, come on. I mean, that's that's not how this works. But uh, I'll tell you how it does work when there's. No, I'll tell you the situation when there's no interviews, and that ain't that ain't happening under. Uh, Nick Saban, unless he is rehiring someone that's worked for him in the past, I don't think he necessarily goes through the interview process for people that he, that he's already worked with. Like when when Sark came back, when Sark came back from the Falcons, I don't think there was like a real interview to that. But but he already knew Sark. I mean, there was no reason to do that. Um, I think what Orgeron is saying because he can't say it out loud is that he was told by his bosses at LSU that he had to hire Bo Pelini. I think that's what he meant by that, that he, that Orgeron didn't interview and hire Bo Pelini. He was told to do that by the athletic director and his bosses at LSU and he had no choice and he didn't go through an interview process. He was just there. He was just told, Hey, Bo Pelini's your new defensive coordinator. Learn to like it. I think that's what he okay. meant. By okay. First of all, what he actually said was, I had to keep some people from the last staff. Um, so I took it as he didn't interview the dudes when when he took over his interim from Les Miles. Right, right. Now, I, I, now, I took it that way initially, but I think by last staff, I think he meant 2020. I, I, initially, I thought exactly what you did, that he was talking about what he inherited. I think he was talking about 2020 when he means last staff. Okay, maybe. Oh, but now, now, let me tell you, if it – if my way of thinking is right, even if – and see, he was the interim coach, so maybe he just held over right. a bunch of guys from right. the season. Even if that were true, you go through the motions of an interview. Like, you bring him in and go, hey, you want this job? He goes, yeah, okay, our interview's over. You know, that's what you do. But now, if your way is right, it's even dumber because he did throw his bosses under the bus, which makes no sense. Um, but yep. even if even if neither one of our way maybe it's something completely different than what who we're knows thinking. he doesn't speak it or understand be. English maybe he doesn't know what an interview is <laughs> maybe, I don't know but regardless you don't say that out this is really and I told this to the locked on SEC guys that interviewed me earlier today about the Alabama UCLA game because I said I gotta talk about this this is the biggest story nobody's talking about 
Um, LSU had LSU when they had Les Miles and they liked him would giggle when Les wasn't good with words. But you see, it wasn't cute. <laughs> Look what ended up happening because exactly. he's good with words. And I think but, when Orgeron has all the success that he's had, they just overlook this stuff when, in fact, it's the sign of a serious problem <laughs> that at some point is going to bite them in the ass. It's kind of like, isn't that alligator that we keep in the corner adorable? And one day, that alligator is going to eat everyone in the room. And I think that's sort of what's happening at LSU. I was about to say literally that Orgeron may eat everyone in the room, but I was told not to say literally. So, so I shouldn't say. You were told not to say literally. I, I saw that same post. Um, now, Jimmy, here's the thing with, with Orgeron again, that even if all this is right, and, and this is what I said to the, the SEC guys, this is really there, – there's thoughts that you have in your head that don't translate – to the human language spoken aloud. You know, me and you are like, examples. Me and you are examples of that every time we do one of these shows. This podcast is that, okay? <laughs> but no, when your wife says, does this dress make me look fat? You say, no, you know, or you say, you know, or you just don't say shit, but then you didn't hear her if you can't lie. If it makes her look fat and you go, holy shit, what happened to you? Where have you been eating? Is that where you're hiding the leftover toilet paper? What's going on? If you do that, you're stupid. And it might be honest. And again, Ed Orgeron is being honest. But as I told uh, the Sports Split show last night, you know, here's the thing. LSU is so stuck with Ed Orgeron because, like, trying to fire Ed Orgeron is literally going to be like trying to get a sticky booger off your finger. It's going to be really tough. And you can't just wipe it anywhere. You can't just... You know, you can't just put Ed Orgeron in a in a potato sack and put chains around it and throw him in the swamp to get rid of him either. Because that's, that's like throwing Bear Rabbit in the briar patch. He loves the swamp. He's going to come back fatter than ever. He's going to be Solomon Grundy from DC Comics. He, you, <laughs> this is amazing that he said this. And this, is, this should be the lead story on NBC Nightly News um, that he said... I did a whole staff without interviewing them, and I'm not doing that again. I mean. <laughs> you know what's, what's crazy is other coaches say things like that in, in press conferences, and it's like news for half a day. And when Nick Saban, who says nothing but highly intelligent things and wise <laughs> observations, as soon as Nick is mean to a beat reporter, that's on SportsCenter for a week. That is no. You said something else earlier. You said, you know, I'm sure Nick Saban didn't necessarily quote unquote interview Steve Sarkeesian or whatever. Right. Now, here's my take on that. That first of all, I bet you he did at least do a cursory interview, like, "Hey, you want the job? Yeah, I want the job." Okay. Good. But secondly, <laughs> if Nick Saban doesn't interview assistant coaches, then everybody should stop interviewing assistant coaches. This, <laughs> this way right. works better than everybody. Right. So, but see, Ed Orgeron's way doesn't work as well. You can't just you can't play musical chairs and whoever's left. That's my that's my right. offensive coordinator. Saban Saban actually, I know quite a bit about it. Saban has extensive his his interview process is extensive. I can't believe it's as 
detailed as it is, frankly. But but like I said, I don't think he does that when, like for instance, uh, we're going to talk about it today with Jay Graham out and you know who might replace him. The first name that comes to mind for me in terms of how can we do this in a time crunch and it's a weird time of the year? Well, the obvious solution, and I think that will occur to them, is Joe Panunzio because he's coached special teams and tight ends a lot of his career. He's worked for Nick Saban before. He maintained his house in Tuscaloosa that his wife still lives in. They're planning to come back. He's planning to come back and live in Tuscaloosa, but he wants to work in the NFL a little bit longer, so he qualifies for another pitch in somewhere else. Well, I, I think the first call is to him again because – that makes all the sense in the world. There, there wouldn't be an interview. Panunzio has worked, Coach, Coach Joe Pa Panunzio has worked for Nick Saban two or three times now. So there wouldn't be a tell me about yourself interview with, uh, with, with Panunzio. Now, I don't think he would be the only candidate considered. And when they're considering candidates they haven't met with before, the interview process is extensive. Fact. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I think it's like Elaine Bennis interviewing that guy she was thinking about having sex with on Seinfeld when she was running out of sponges. Sponge-worthy. Like, Tell me again why you think you're worth sponge-worthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like that. I'm sure that's the model. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, let's take another break. When we come back, we'll talk UCLA. All right, no live reads today, people, because I've been on the road. Um, I'm driving to Cincinnati, and I don't remember what the live reads are. And instead of pissing off somebody for not doing the right one, I'm going to piss off everybody for doing none of them. <laughs> but shout them out. Let's shout out our, our supporters. Our, BetOnline.ag. You know awesome. about BetOnline.ag. I could give you a BetOnline.ag uh, live read, even though I can't remember the words live read, um, without looking at anything, because I love BetOnline.ag. Use promo code locked on. Or go to Built Bar. Built Bar is where you want to go. You know this. They're delicious. Use promo code Built. Uh, no, excuse me. Locked on twenty. Locked on twenty. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use Locked on twenty. Also, Kaleidoscope Media. Go to kal-media.com. Check them out. They want to help you build the home of your dreams. Uh, Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Blue Chew. Oh man, Blue Chew. You know. You know, if you need Blue Chew, you need Blue Chew, and they are discreet, and they will help you out. And wasn't hard to remember out. that one. It isn't hard to remember it, and boy, the, they chew soft, but... The, that's no, the I end of that. that. But that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the end of that. That's the last thing that's soft when it comes to Blue Chew, baby. Go to BlueChew.com. Okay, now, so I got those out of the way. They don't really count, but we did shout out to our sponsors. Now, UCLA. Jimmy, tell me, talk me off of already celebrating why we should be winners of this game. Well, I mean, UCLA's, I mean, if they beat, if they beat Michigan State, they can beat Alabama. And, and that is not to say Michigan State's better than Alabama. I'm just saying they showed up the NCAA tournament. They beat Michigan State. They beat a higher-seeded BYU team. Uh, they beat Abilene Christian, who beat Texas, who was scaring the hell out of me on the side of the draw. So uh, it's a traditional power uh, despite the fact they're not winning 25 games a year, they still recruit and sign nothing but high four-star basketball athletes. Uh, Mick Cronin is one of the best coaches in the country. That's He won his way to the UCLA job, has gotten there, and has winning since he's been there in his short tenure. This is a good team. They're athletic. The Pac-12 has yet to lose 
in, in the NCAA tournament. Most of UCLA's losses were to other Pac-12 teams that we're now finding out are pretty damn good. Alabama lost to Stanford in the regular season, who was a Pac-12 team that didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So we have plenty to fear, but Alabama is a 5.5 point favorite, 5.5 point favorite per betonline.ag over UCLA for a reason. How's that? There's a much better way to say that. There's a much better way to say that, but I was trying, I was, I, I was now bending back towards reasons that we're likely to win <laughs> and got lost, got lost when I tried to make that hairpin curve right to reasons we should win. But uh, By the way, you did do a great job of convincing me why we're not going to win, and now I'm scared to death. You had a great <laughs> point. And who predicted, I mean, that Alabama would make it? We've only been to the Elite Eight one time in the history. In the history of the world, we've only been one time. So no one should feel like we're just strolling into the, 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 the final eight without a hell of a knife fight in the ditch. And, and, and that's probably what we're looking at Sunday. I think we sure we played great in the last game. The question that needs to be answered was, did we have a hot shooting night or or are we on a roll? Because if we just have one hot shooting night, then, then Sunday is going to be tough. If, if we're on a roll, I don't think UCLA can beat us. I think when Alabama's at its best, UCLA doesn't really have a chance. But Alabama's at its best when its defense and offense is working. I know we're going to play well defensively. I know that. Uh, if we play well offensively too, Alabama's in the Elite Eight for the second time in the history of the world. And, and look, this is the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a limb. I've been saying John Petty's going to go off again. I don't really count Maryland because when John Petty did finally go off against Maryland, we already had a double-digit lead. This is John Petty game. John Petty's going to have six or more threes in this game, and that's just – I believe that because if he doesn't do it this game, I don't know that he's got the opportunity, no matter how far we go, to do it again because I believe – we're going to play uh, Florida State. I believe that. And Florida State is so incredibly athletic, they close out very well. So I don't like Petty's matchup there. Then we'd play Gonzaga. I don't like our matchup, period, against Gonzaga. But even if we were to win it somehow, some way, whoever we face from that other side of the bracket, somebody like a Baylor perhaps, they play massive defense too. So I think that's going to be tough. I think this is Petty's game. Petty, come, come to the party, baby. We need you Sunday night. Kick some ass, bro. It would be nice. Uh, I would say for it to be the game that we say that was Petty's game, I'm going to need 25. Yeah. 25 points. Score 25. John Petty scores 25. Alabama wins. We're in the Elite Eight, again, for the second time in school history. And ain't it cinches the fact that this is the best Alabama team of all time. I would argue it's the best Alabama team of all time, win or lose, against UCLA. But beat UCLA – this is the best Alabama basketball team ever. We would destroy the Rocket Eight. The Rocket Eight wouldn't get off a shot against Keon Ellis. <laughs> That's true. But now let me ask this. Okay, because I'm with you. If they get the lead eight, best Alabama team ever. And here's the other thing. I wonder if, if we had been – how many games did we miss due to COVID? I mean, I, I know we missed Zero. A&M, right? No, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about, like, how many games were actually – when the schedule got two. redone, you, is it fair two. to say we, we – you're saying two. we only missed two games? 
Well, we were supposed to play Houston. They had COVID, so we played Western Kentucky. No, no, no. But didn't – all right. Didn't the whole season get started a little later? Am I imagining this? Oh, it did. It did. But we, we would have traditionally played 30 regular season games, and we played 27. Uh, we ended up – what I'm saying is a traditional regular season for us is 30 or 31 games. We played 27. So, okay, yeah, okay. We, we missed four games, if you look at it that it, way. It, yeah, and if you miss – and you talk about those four games, I mean, at worst, I think at this point, we go two and two. So, that right. would make us, what, 28 and nine. We'd already tied the record for most wins in school history. So, you know, if, if yep. we go to the Final Four, we tie the, the most wins in school history, we win the SEC, win the tournament, and go to the Final Four, have the SEC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year – coach of the year it's no brainer oh if we get to the final four now. yeah I, I think i think get the final four. i think get the elite eight it's the best i'm with out. you on that i'm yeah, with but, but the, one, the one argument is one fewer win than the 87 yeah. team yeah and and i'm not i'm not trying to diss 87 team at all i can still name that that start lineup that's one of my most favorite most historic uh, i just love that team but this team is so deep. You know what it is? I can name the five starters on that 80, 87 team. McKee, Ainsley, Farmer, Godfrey. Uh, and, and of, of course, when I say that, I brain fart on the uh, point guard. It was uh, Connor? Jim Farmer, uh, Terry Connor. Terry Connor. I, I got it right. Terry yeah. Connor. Um, uh, J.J. Was Jackson the, was a six-man. Right. But Ainsley. this team this team doesn't have a six-man. This team has a tenth-man. This team really has an eleventh-man. And the eleventh-man is Darius Miles. I'm not convinced right now Darius Miles is one of the five best players on the team. <laughs> and he, he's the 11th guy. He is literally the 11th guy on this team is Darius Miles. So it's the deepest. It's the deepest Alabama team ever by a mile. And uh, I think that's where we are. I've, I've told people in interviews on the radio, not just here on the podcast, the star of the team is Herb Jones because he wins all these awards. The true star of the team is the depth. The depth is why we are where we are. I couldn't agree more, man. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. When we come back, hopefully we'll be previewing Alabama taking on Florida State or Michigan and not wrapping up the basketball season. And uh, so roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.